Alzheimer's Speaks, and I'm so glad you are here today because we're going to have a really interesting conversation with the co-founders of Map Habits, which is some new technology that I think is going to be life-changing to so many people, uh, those living with dementia and those caring for them, both family and professionals alike. It's a really cool concept, but before we get into our conversation there, again, I always like to thank our audience. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares have just made Alzheimer's Speaks known all around the world. And so I, I really want you to know how much that means uh, to me personally. Alzheimer's Speaks was started because my own mother was on a journey with dementia for 30 years. And our goal here is to raise everyone's voice at all stages. So those living with dementia, business professionals, family members, researchers, musicians, movie directors, authors, um, advocates, you name it. It takes all of us to shift our care culture. And it's just an honor to be in the role that I am and, and have this opportunity to talk with so many people around the world. So maybe you could be our next guest. And if you're interested, please reach out to me at alzheimerspeaks.com. And if you're a business looking to expand your brand footprint in this industry, again, we can help you there too, because we have all different types of platforms. So we'd love to talk with you. Now, I do want to give a shout out um, to a couple of organizations before we get started. MemoryCafeDirectory.com is where you want to go to find where all the memory cafes are in the U.S. and Dave is now starting to pull those together in other countries as well. If you're not familiar with the memory cafe, they're for people with dementia in their mid to early stages as well as their family members and it's a way to really build community. They are a beautiful, beautiful thing and uh, it's an honor to be part of those. So check and see if you've got one in your neighborhood or maybe you're facilitating one and you want to get in a list. It's free. They would love to talk to you. I also want to give a shout out to a book that I think can help a lot of families who are starting on this journey. And Keith Gallus is an executive director with 20 years under his belt of talking with families um, on this journey. And he's created a book called Parental Dementia, and it's a guide through all the difficult questions that families go through, and every chapter tackles a different question. And so it, it, can, really, it can really help a lot. It's a great gift idea, too, if you maybe have a friend uh, who is dealing with this and you want to give them some guidance. You can purchase the book by going to his website, called parentaldementia.com. That's just parentaldementia.com. And if you put in the discount code Lori, L-O-R-I, you'll save $5.99. So um, that's a special offer just for our listeners. But you can also purchase it on Amazon or Walmart or walk into Barnes & Noble. And it is now an ebook after requests have been made for that. 
Well, today I'm going to introduce to you two fascinating gentlemen that are doing incredible work that I think you're going to be really excited to hear about. First, I want to introduce you to Matt Golden, who is the co-founder and CEO of Map Habit. Matt is a seasoned business leader and a passionate advocate for assistive technology to improve quality of life. And he has extensive custom application development techniques and project management skills and change management abilities that enable him to effectively implement change in industries that require modernization. I can never say that word. Map Habits um, combines both his personal motivations and his professional drive to build solutions to transform lives of others that have fewer options. So welcome, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing great, Lori. How about you? Doing good. The sun is out in Minnesota. We had a little bit more snow, but I have hopes that spring is coming soon. So, <laughs> so we're doing oh, good here. Now, I, I want to introduce your sidekick that's with you there. Um, we have the honor of having Dr. Stuart Zola uh, with us, who is a leader in communicating science and research to the general public. So that's fantastic because we need somebody to kind of dump things down for us and, and show us how and why things um, need to be changed and, and work well uh, to improve quality of life. And I know that you are a professor emeritus of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Emory University of Medicine and also the co-director as well of Emory's Alzheimer's Disease Research Center and the co-founder and chief science officer of Map Habit Inc. So those are some pretty incredible credentials. You are also one of the nation's leading neuroscientists and you've contributed a lot of valuable insight into how the brain organizes memory and how this process relates to memory problems such as amnesia and dementia and so much more. Now, I'm not done with Dr. Zola. Yeah, he, he really has a, quite the little pedigree here. So in 2009, the American Association of Advancement of Science named him a fellow for the Distinguished Contributions in Neuroscience including the delineation of the brain's memory system and for communicating the importance and the excitement of the science to lay people. So, um, like I said, I'm just so excited to have Dr. Zolas here with us because his research has contributed significantly to the insights of memory loss in humans that results from head trauma to progressive diseases like biocognitive impairment and Alzheimer's disease. And he also has provided knowledge about less severe memory problems that um, can accompany depression and, and chronic uh, stress, which many of us are under these days, and just the normal aging process. So welcome, Dr. Zola. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Lori. Thanks, and thanks for that. Uh extensive background. I'm going to run out of time in a few minutes here. So. <laughs> oh no, we've got plenty of time to cover. Oh, I'm excited to have you two uh, with us, but before I kind of get into the deep dive with you about MAP Habit, I always like to ask everybody 
um, if they have been personally touched by dementia. And Van, I'm gonna start with you. Have you um, experienced dementia in your own family or circle of friends? Yeah, yeah both actually, Lori. Uh, so when I was uh, very young, about five or six years old, uh, my grandma Gigi uh, had dementia. I didn't know it at the time. My parents always supervised me when I was uh, you know, with her and uh, I, I always knew something was a little different about her. Uh, but I was really too young to really understand uh, what uh, what that meant. Um, I now know she uh, she had Lewy body dementia, which uh, is a pretty severe form um, of uh, of dementia. So uh, you know that was my first experience. On that same side of the family, my uh, my uncle Byron, who was a uh, huge mentor of mine, he got me my first computer. He was an entrepreneur in his own right. Uh, he unfortunately developed early onset Alzheimer's in his late 50s, which is extremely rare. Uh, and it took everyone by surprise. We didn't know, you know much about uh, that, that condition and, and how it really grips people both emotionally and uh, um, in, in, in all their daily routines. So I unfortunately got to see his, uh, his, his progression and uh, a very fast deterioration of his um, you know, abilities that, that affected me and my relationship with him. It affected uh, his relationship with his uh, family, uh, his, his wife and kids. Um, and it was really that instance that uh, opened my eyes to how, how few options people have and, uh, and, and really how devastating and um, uh, really such a huge uh, impact it has on, on them, but really the whole family. And that is part of the genesis of MAP Habit. Uh, we know that this is not just affecting one person, it affects everyone around them. Uh, and it does take a coordinated effort. Uh, and until we created MAP Habits, uh, we felt that there weren't sufficient strategies to keep individuals independent and improve their quality of life, but also release some of the burden that is inevitably on the multiple caregivers that are in uh, people's uh, you know, care that have these conditions. So that was the one experience. Uh, and unfortunately, more and more of my close friends and, and family uh, are, are coming to me and, and mentioning that, that they now have families, that uh, family members have been affected. So um, it, it's a very important uh, discussion and uh, something we feel that we can help uh, a lot of people. Okay, great. Uh, Dr. Zola, how about you? Have you been touched personally by dementia? Well, the answer is yes, of course. Um, it is almost impossible to find someone these days who uh, hasn't, in part because we are living much longer. And one of the biggest risk fa factors for Alzheimer's disease is age in itself. So the longer we live, the more uh, cases we're going to see and the more people we're going to involve. But I do have my own personal story, and that is really kind of the way Matt uh, Matt and I came together. My mother was in her actually late 80s, early 90s, and had a stroke. She was uh, in good shape until then, but had a stroke and lived the last several years of her life uh, with a dementia. And she was in a just a wonderful uh, kind of facility and community uh, where I began to realize that people who do caregiving <clears throat> for these individuals really are in some ways angels. It's harder to describe them in, in other terms than that. They just are people who have devoted their lives to helping maintain uh, individuals who have these kinds of conditions. Uh, so that was a profound uh, experience for me. And although I already was involved with uh, brain sciences and neurosciences, 
this really had personalized it uh, for me as I saw my mother change. You know, some days she would have good days, other days she would have really bad days. And it was hard to predict. And that uh, was true for this particular kind of stroke she had, but it's also true for Alzheimer's patients as well. They really can move around in terms of their quality of life on any particular day. Matt and I live on this, or lived on the same street. We don't any longer, but at the time we formed the MAP Habit, we were neighbors and uh, we came together and happened to be discussing our own backgrounds and discovered that we really had this passion for trying to understand better how we might be able to deliver some kind of enhanced quality of life for people who have this condition. This is a, a hard condition to face. It's a hard road to know that you're on. But the question was, could we actually create an environment that might at least enhance some of the quality of life, keep people, uh, keep people independent for a little bit longer, help reduce some of the stress on family members and caregivers? Uh, and that really was the, the birth of MAP Habit. MAP had a skill set in IT and in finance. I had a skill set in brain science. Uh, we combined those two fields, and the birth was really MAP Habit. And uh, we think one of the best ways now that we know of to help. And just to say that, as you may know, the, the NIH, National Institute of Aging, and NIH. Um, have um, reinforced that idea. We recently got this um, uh, Eureka Award from the National Institute of Aging for the best, most creative, most um, useful kind of assistive technology for people with memory challenges. So we um, feel very positive about this. Um, this is not a cure. This is not a end of the disease or anything like that. The goal simply is to be able to enhance quality of life for people who have these kinds of conditions. How can we make their life a little bit better? Wonderful. Well, let's get into really diving into, you know, what is MAP Habit? So, Matt, you've pulled up the screen here for, for the MAP Habit system. Why don't you dive into it a little deeper for us and, and explain what the heck it really is? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so what Map Habit is, is a uh, visual task mapping system. Uh, it may sound complicated, but it's really uh, surprisingly simple, and that's really the most innovative part of all of this. Um, we uh, allow individuals uh, a platform that they can see what they've done already for the day, what's coming up next, and um, you know, what should be done by either them or, or caregivers. Um, so what you see on the screen on the left-hand side is uh, their, their dashboard. So they see, again, what they completed, what's going on, and what's coming up next in a very easy-to-consume format. If they want to take a, uh, a click down to see, all right, I'm, I'm about to uh, you know, get dressed and, and what's happening next, we have an example to the right. We're going to leave the house to go to an appointment. So what Map Habit does is we provide about 400 different templates uh, for people um, across activities of daily living, uh, which are you know bathing, uh, getting dressed, uh, going to the bathroom, uh, feeding yourself, to instrumental activities such as uh, you know when to leave for an appointment and what to bring to an appointment, when to take medication, at what dosage, at a particular time of the day. Or, or just general things that cause people anxiety, like leaving the house. 
uh, a lot of times that, that's a big deal for someone. They may not leave the house every day. And uh, a lot of times people feel uh, very apprehensive to do that for social reasons, or you know, maybe they haven't uh, uh, you know, seen some of the people that uh, they, they are about to see and they become nervous. And what happens is you forget to do some critical things as you leave the house. So here's an example where we, we provided an, an eight-step routine for someone every time they leave the house, they, they go through these steps. Um, so the first step is turning off the stove. Um, if this individual has some pets, make sure you let them out of the house and don't forget about Spot who's uh, in the laundry room right now. Um, maybe that person has to grab their coat uh, or they have trouble remembering their wallet or their cell phone. Uh, they may forget their keys um, if uh, you know they're being escorted by a caregiver and then are you know locked out of the house, uh, or you know turning off the lights, or even uh, more importantly, turning off uh, any running water that may uh, be going on, and, and certainly locking the door behind you. So, you know, all those steps, uh, while they may be simple to you and I, they are actually very real struggles that people have that cause. Um, you know, these, the sense of nervousness, uh, frustration. Um, if you have someone new that comes to the house uh, that isn't aware of uh, these various steps that need to be done, uh, for example, a caregiver or a family member that's giving a little bit of relief to the primary family caregiver, um, they don't know, you know, all these different steps to do because the individual may not be able to articulate them. This really provides a template uh, that a, um, a family can follow or a uh, adult living community or a home health company can use as standardized practices uh, across uh, all of their staff members to ensure consistency of care, to provide a reliable handoff and to really help uh, coordinate um, all the activities and structure them in a way that is easy to follow for an individual. Okay, the, I, I love these pictures because I think they're really helpful and then you've got the text along with them. Um, uh, Dr. Zola, why do you think Medhabit is so different from a lot of the other technologies that are out there and, and, and how, do, how do you see it really helping not only the person with dementia, but, but their caregivers, family or professionals? So those are terrific uh, questions, uh, Lori. I should just mention, though, that as Matt was talking and going through this map, you may have seen me. I had just pulled my cell phone out to remember to shut it off, which I had forgotten to do before the uh, program. So these maps, uh, we use them all the time. Um, and they're very, very helpful, uh, you know, really across the range of uh, individuals. One of the things that really distinguishes Map Habit from um, other uh, kinds of uh, programs involves the foundation in neuroscience and brain science. That's been my field for well over 30 years. And during the course of that, my colleagues and I began to map out the memory systems of the brain. And we now know and now understand that there really are two memory systems. One is the memory system that most often is damaged in Alzheimer's disease. And if you see on the screen, it's the system on the, on the left, you see a normal brain and a pointing, arrow pointing to the hippocampus. That's the region that is so critically important for us for everyday memory. If I ask you about a conversation you had a few moments ago, or if I ask you about a 
call that you made yesterday or about a vacation that you took 10 or 15 years ago, the hippocampus has to be online during those episodes in order for you to later on be able to remember those events. That's its critical role. And it provides you the ability to consciously recollect facts and events from your life. That's the simple idea of the kind of memory often referred to as the declarative memory or everyday memory, just trying to make it as straightforward as you can. Just think of everyday memory. Whenever you have to recall something, it's the hippocampus generally that you're using. Unfortunately, the hippocampus is really the prime target for Alzheimer's disease. So plaques and tangles, the kinds of uh, pathologies that you hear about, these abnormal deposits of protein, begin to accumulate in the hippocampus and in the surrounding cortex, the surrounding areas of the hippocampus. And the symptom, obviously, is memory problems. When we see people in the clinic, usually nine out of 10 of those individuals are there because they have memory problems. And they have those memory problems because the progression of Alzheimer's disease has begun to deteriorate the hippocampus and accordingly the memory system begins to break down. But we discovered another important thing and that is despite the fact that that system does deteriorate progressively, there's another part of the brain, it's located really in this uh, green arrow area, um, which does not develop plaques and tangles for a long time, sometimes never actually in the course of the disease, but not for a very long time into the course of the disease. And this part of the brain is responsible for motor skills and procedures and habits. And that part of the brain actually is preserved, as I said, for a long time into the condition, despite the fact that your everyday memory system is progressively deteriorating. And what MAP habit does is to focus on that spared region of the brain as we develop these visual maps and as we train people to do these routines and use repetition in these routines that is the formation of habit and those are habits that can be sustained even without regard to any conscious recollection the individual actually may not remember why they're doing this activity but they know to do it that sounds remarkable i know but we have that experience all the time. If you, Laurie, have had a tough day at work and you're driving home and you're kind of reviewing the day and you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that on the interview. Maybe I should have asked this question instead, or maybe I should have just fired that guy and something else instead. Suddenly you're home and you have actually no memory of the lefts and the rights and the turns that you made getting you there. That that's your habit system just operating all the time, unconsciously, non-consciously. And that's the secret. That's the kind of secret sauce of memory is our habit system. And we think now that somewhere in the range of 40 to 50% of our daily activities that we carry out are really carried out by this habit system. It's always there, always working. You know, when you get up in the morning, you don't have to think specifically about the steps to brushing your teeth. You just go and you do it. And the steps to making your coffee, you just go and you do it. Those are all these habits that you've developed. And that habit system takes over. Well, it's the same thing and the same possibility for individuals who have Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia that damage this everyday memory system. They can still accomplish quite a lot 
even though they have the damage system, their spared habit system can sustain them quite well. Not even good given their impairment, but absolutely normally. Their ability to carry out things can be just as good as your ability and my ability to do those things. So that's the remarkable distinction between MAP habit. We, instead of trying to bolster the damage system, we do an end run around that system and aim right at the spirit system because we know that can still sustain behavior for a very long time. So we can create new habits or we can tap into old habits that already exist. Both of those things can help people sustain their independence, can reduce the stress for caregivers because individuals in their care can do many things. Those are the real core aspects of map habit for us. Wow, that's that's a fantastic approach. I, I love that. Now, I know that there are going to be a lot of listeners that say, hey, come on, can somebody with dementia really use an app or a tablet or something on their mobile phone? And, and I hear that comment all the time. And I, I work with people with dementia that um, maneuver them many times better than a lot of us out there <laughs> with it. But, but um, Dr. Zola, I'd like your opinion on that, on what you found for their ability to really be able to work with the, the MAP Habit program that you've developed. Yeah, well, so we have very good evidence that they can, but uh, I'll agree with you. And we hear that all the time as well as we are <clears throat> working with people and demonstrating MAP Habit for people. There's a skepticism about that. How could uh, uh, an individual actually do this when they have dementia? But it turns out they can because when you're asking that question, you're thinking about how could they do it with the everyday memory system. But that's not what they're doing it with. They're doing it with this spare system, the habit system that's still intact. And that's the big difference. So when you give people the opportunity to use that system, they can do far more than you might ever suppose. Uh, otherwise, if you're thinking only about the hippocampal system or this everyday memory system. At the same time, there are some people who aren't really tuned to technology, and we have lots of ways around that for those individuals. For example, we can print out the maps and we can uh, uh, you know, coat them to protect them from water spills and other kinds of things, and they can be posted on the wall next to the bathroom sink, for example. It shows you these steps for brushing your teeth. Uh, an important advantage and a special characteristic of map habit is that all of these maps are personalized so that the maps aren't generic pictures. The maps are really pictures of their own bathroom, their own toothbrush, their own toothpaste, um, those kinds of things that help remind them of the sequence of steps uh, in real life that they are going to be taking because they're using the real products, the real items that we're showing in the pictures. So we can do that uh, in lots of uh, situations for people who may not want to engage as much in technology. But I think as you uh, mentioned, Lori, people are often surprised at how much older people embrace this technology. Um, it is really so, and people love it. They know they can learn from it. Uh, so uh, people, embrace it much more easily than we might suppose that they would without uh, giving them the opportunity to. Uh, and I think that's an important uh, aspect of that, getting people engaged and being able to do this 
um, is an important aspect for helping them sustain their independence longer, their cognitive abilities longer, helping reduce stress. All of those things are encouraged in the process of using MAP habit. And all of those things we know are just better for people's health uh, in the long run. So I think we have really no kinds of individuals who can't in one way or another benefit from MAP habit, either using it directly, using it as with these uh, paper maps. And then the, the third aspect of it is that the as the individual may become more and more severely impaired, then it's the caregiver who really becomes the agent for the individual. And the caregiver really can take advantage then of map habits by laying out these various kinds of tasks, helping to be reminded about what comes next and, and keeping the person kind of both engaged and managed well. So across the board, whether it's individuals with mild or no cognitive impairment, uh, all the way to individuals who have significant um, impairment uh, of the Alzheimer's type and in, even in final stages, there the caregiver becomes the agent. So math habits still remain importantly useful throughout the span of this condition. Well, one comment, I, well, I have a few comments actually that I'd like to make is, is one that I think this helps get over some of the stigmas that everybody is in end stages that has a form of dementia and they are able to participate and utilize, um, you know, this program. And two, the importance of, I think, routine and dignified prompts that you've set up and the, the ability to customize those pictures so, you know, the bathroom does look like their bathroom or, you know, the closet does look like their closet, whatever it must, whatever it is, is really in, in, uh, is important in their own um, individual life. And I would also like to just reinforce that a lot of times, and I hear this from families a lot, is like, well, you know, they don't follow the routine. Well, sometimes we have to look at whose routine do we want them to follow. And it really needs to be their routine, not necessarily our routine. And we're the ones that have to adjust to make life smooth and comfortable for them. Because when they're, when they're at peace, as care partners, we're gonna be more at peace too. And I think sometimes that's really overlooked and it's like, well, no, we've always done it this way. Well, you know, sometimes you have to adjust and, and looking at how you've designed the program. I mean, I'm looking at it going, well, this would be cool, cool for little kids when you're trying to get them used to doing their chores. You get up in the morning, you got to you got to go potty, you got to brush your teeth, you got to make your bed, um, make sure, you know, everything's in your backpack you need and, and allowing them more independence, uh, allowing them to you know, have have that phone system and feel like kind of an adult, you know, because that's what mom and dad are on all the time. Um, you know, so I think there's so many different ways to look at this. And just as, you know, we age or our schedules get really busy, it's easy for us to forget certain things. And um, so I, I think these prompts can be used for a lot of different ages and stages of life, you know, as a whole. And I, I love that, um, again, that they can be customized and, um, you know, having over 400 applications. I would imagine that you guys are probably open 
to um, maybe other needs that people have and suggestions. Is that true, Matt? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, uh, there's a map for uh, almost any daily routine uh, you can think of, uh, whether you're um, male or female, African-American, Caucasian, Asian, Latino. We, we have different versions of these, uh, these starting points of maps to give people uh, something out of the box that they can start using. Um, however, you know, depending on your, your level of impairments, you, you know, early on, you may just need a reminder to, uh, you know, to, to take your, your pills in the morning. But as your progression, um, your disease progresses, then you may actually need to remember where to go for that pill, or you may need to remember what dosage to take at the right time. Um, or there may be, you know, other types of more, um, more complicated activities uh, that you used to be able to do on your own, but you're no longer able to. Uh, so that's where the versatility of these maps are great. Um, and that's where um, the National Institute of Aging really took hold uh, and, and loved what we were doing is that the, these maps uh, change with the individual as they go. And while we do have a starting point uh, for, for anyone from no cognitive impairment to mild cognitive impairment to mild and, and severe uh, um, Alzheimer's disease, these maps are used with, uh, with caregivers. Uh, I also hadn't mentioned earlier, but uh, I have a niece who has Down syndrome. Um, and I'm not sure if uh, the audience knows, but uh, that specific uh, um, condition, um, they're almost guaranteed to have Alzheimer's-like conditions uh, when they become an adult. Um, I believe 40% of all kids with Down syndrome at age 40 have Alzheimer's, and uh, it's, it's well into the 90s that they will get those kind of dementia-related um, uh, conditions as they continue to age. So, you know, as you're, you're right, I mean, I use nap habit with, with my daughter in the morning for morning routines. Um, and, and, and it works great because it gives her that, you know, that self-confidence. It gives her that uh, autonomy and independence that she can do what she, she wants. And uh, she actually has updated the maps so that when she's done with them, it actually plays her favorite music. So, yeah, you got to do a little bit of work, but there's a reward at the end if you if you do it in the right way, and and that's the part that uh, we feel is going to really set us apart. Is uh, this not only helps people become more independent and and helps ease the burden of the caregiver, it actually is fun and they can see themselves progressing, uh, and we really are are super excited to uh, uh, to start sharing it with people. So let me ask you this question, because one of the things you had me mentioned was in terms of customizing things. And you had mentioned different cultures. So if somebody's going to church or going to temple, are there different templates for those things to pull in? Or do people change that wording themselves? Well, we'll give you a starting point for going to church, uh, whether it be a formal or a, uh, an informal church uh, type setting. And uh, we give you a starting point with three or four steps. But really, the, the, either the individual, uh, who, if they're higher functioning, or the caregiver would then swap out the generic picture of the church and, and put their church on there. Um, or, you know, if it says a specific text on there, they can very easily overwrite that text in, in a matter of seconds. Uh, the, I mean, the technology is so good, Laurie. So just holding the iPhone so that the map habit is on the iPhone. So you can just sit in front of your or stand in front of your temple or church or whatever and take a picture of it. And literally in less than 10 seconds, you move that into the map. So that map now shows a picture of your place of worship, um, your people that are around there, 
the route to it and be your route to it from your house. So you can customize it and personalize it in every simple single way. So simply is the key. There's no real challenge to building these maps. As long as you can take a picture and move your finger on the screen, you can build the map. Those are the only two steps really that are required for it. Uh, and that's, again, what makes it so remarkable and so flexible. Um, you know, as an individual's status changes from mild impairment to more severe impairment, they may sometimes, at the mild impairment, need only two or three steps to remind them of the sequence of the thing. But as they get worse, they may take five or six or eight or ten steps to remind them of that. Those can all be added and built in in a flash. The important other aspect of this is that these maps really become living documents. So you can have maps, for example, of your relatives, of your grandchildren, other kinds of things. Um, and they can record messages, they can do other kinds of things, record videos. Those all are embedded in the maps. We had um, one individual, a spouse, uh, was taking care of her husband who had Alzheimer's disease. He just would not shower. I'm sure you're familiar with this. This is not unusual across the board for individuals. He just wouldn't shower, and he really wouldn't shower. And so it would be literally days and days and days. And he would, there's no other terminology than to use the uh, kind of technical terminology. He, he was just stinky. And that's, that was it. So that she couldn't have people come to the house. Um, you know, he couldn't sit in the chairs. The chairs would all smell. And we discovered in talking with her that he had a gospel singer that he just loved. And so we had her record several segments of this gospel singer on the iPad, bring the iPad into the bathroom, turn it on. He would hear that from the living room. He would come in and she would say, you have to get in the shower. If you get in the shower, I will play this. And they develop that habit of doing it. So now they just routinely, she brings the iPad in, turns it on. He comes in and takes his shower because he knows he can hear that music. And she said that has just changed their lives because now they can go out. Uh, she can have people in. Simple things like that that you and I know are relatively simple, but you and I know what an impact on people's lives those simple things make. Um, and and that's the idea, you know, map habit is a simple idea. Just try to enhance quality of life. We are not trying to fix the disease. We are trying to enhance quality of life for people who have these kinds of conditions. And those simple kinds of experiences convince us that uh, this is exactly the right thing to be able to do. Well, you know, one of the things that I like is that it's teaching people to look at what brings joy, what brings calmness, and using those as rewards, building those into the system. Instead of going in at this right or wrong, we've got to do it this way, my way, or the highway, and just make, make it easier on everybody. Well, they used to be able to, well, but they can't anymore. So, you know, we have to we have to accept that we have to get creative and it can be fun for everybody. I mean, I'm sure she enjoys the music as well, you know, and, and the the ease of that that burden that she was carrying before is gone, you know, and and so I think that that's really important. The other thing that I love is um, the ease in terms of customizing this. So 
being able to use your own pictures, being able to use your own phrases. So instead of grandma's coming or whatever, you can put in Nana or Gigi or whoever it might be. I, I think those are really, um, they're very little things, but they're really important things, um, you know, to have that that correct um, fit. Now, one question I wanted to ask, because I didn't know if Map Habit did this or not, but can it give a verbal cue as well? So, because um, some people are more auditory than you know, being able to to read and things. Um, can that be built into to the queue itself? Yeah, so uh, the way our mobile app and uh, tablet app right now is, it'll either vibrate or make a, a, a noise when it's time to uh, to do something, and you then pick it up and, and get that reminder uh, and actually execute that task. Um, but something very exciting that we're working on is uh, we're building an Alexa skill for Map Habit. Uh, I'm not sure how much of your audience has used Alexa or the Alexa show, but it, it's really a phenomenal way to both ask questions and, and get answers to your questions, but also receive um, cues, external cues to do things at the right period of time. Um, and, and that's what we are integrating uh, the map habit routines and schedules and, and processes all within the Alexa ecosystem. Uh, so that opens up a huge um, opportunity for for our potential customers, um, where they can really you know be on their couch. Um, they don't have to have a device next to them, or they don't have to bring their their printouts with them. They can just uh, you know basically ask Alexa questions on, on what's coming up next. How much time do I have before I'm seeing Jimmy later? Um, and it'll go into the, the, the HIPAA compliant platform that we've built, pull that information, and then distribute that back out to, uh, uh, to the, the individual who needs it. Um, so Alexa really is the, uh, the next generation of Map Habit that uh, we'll have ready in the second quarter uh, that will really provide a lot more options in terms of you know, um, text-to-speech and being able to deliver uh, uh, things uh, through a, a smart speaker. One of the things I wanted to ask, and um, I get the Alexa thing, but could I have my voice on there as a care partner? To say, hey Jimmy, you need to take a shower now, or you know, we're heading out to whatever. Can you can you do those audio recordings? Yeah, absolutely. Every one of the maps has the opportunity for each picture, even to have a accompanying recording uh, with it uh, that says something about the picture. You know, we have a great example from I was uh, at the VA hospital as an appointment there as well, and. And um, one of the challenges was a patient would keep getting out of bed. This was in a geriatric ward. And the patient would keep getting out of bed. And so we had his wife simply record, Jerry, get back in bed. And we had these sensors on the bed that would detect when he would get out of bed. And they would trigger off the recording. Hey, Jerry, stop, get back into bed. And it was very, very effective. Jerry would always listen to his wife. Uh, and so he would stop wandering and he would get back into bed when the right time and get out of bed when it was the right time. But uh, those are simple ideas, just as you mentioned, these are simple ideas that you reframe the person's life with as his life or her life is now. That's what we have to deal with. It's not how the person was, it's how the person is now. And those are, and that person is different than what they were. And we have to come to terms with that in the most creative and productive way we can. Well, and I like um, 
the ability to be able to do that because um, sometimes when you hear a voice that you're not familiar with, that can be scary and that can get people paranoid. Now, not that a wife saying, hey, Jerry, get back in bed might not be like, oh, dang it. Is she always watching me? You know, I mean, you can, I'm sure there can be, there can be that. No, well. Jerry, you know, Jerry, that's exactly. <laughs> you know, so, um, but I think we have to be as, as respectful as, as possible, you know, with those things and try to be as calming. Now, one of the things I wanted to um, ask you, Matt, was, you know, long-term care facilities and home health care companies, how do you see them, uh, you know, using um, MAP habits in their businesses? Yeah, um, I'm turning on my screen share again, so hopefully you can see some of the, the benefits and, and value that uh, is created uh, for them. But, uh, but really, you know, offering this as a competitive differentiator uh, in that it does provide a, a platform for individuals to do things a lot more independently, um, at least in the um, adult living space, uh, have the reminders of when activities are happening, allowing people opportunities to, uh, you know, self-medicate you know, uh, to the extent they need to. Um, we also believe that this will ultimately reduce staff turnover uh, in the caregiving space, which traditionally has been a relatively low paying um, and very stressful job uh, where, you know, you don't have a lot of the tools uh, that, uh, that other industries have had. Uh, we believe that this will make their jobs safer. Um, they'll be able to do more things with the time that they're there, which will improve, uh, you know, their happiness and efficiency, but also for the, the managers uh, could also, um, you know, better allocate their, their staff members. Um, you know, other organizations like home health companies that want to have that consistency of care uh, amongst all their caregivers that, that are going to people's homes. Uh, it's a great tool for that to uh, ensure that consistency. It also is a nice uh, tool for the family members of those uh, customers of home care or home health companies because they may actually uh, be able to do a combination of an in-person and, um, and, and kind of off-site uh, type uh, service where you can have remote monitoring from the, the, the agency um, by using these maps and building these maps so the individual can, can carry them out while they're not there. So you could almost imagine that it could, uh, could save a little bit of money and, and improve efficiencies on both sides. Um, but you know, one of the, the great things that you had mentioned earlier about restoring dignity um, and respect that people deserve with these kind of conditions, that, that's the most important. You know, you're really giving someone that, that toolkit that, that they can use uh, on their own, uh, whether it be through their, their phone or tablet or the paper-based printouts or the Alexa skill, but you're also helping family members that have to come in that are often stressed out at their, at their jobs um, and they, they have a, uh, a sense of where that handoff has to happen because we have secure messaging between caregivers and the family members where they may not know how to get in touch with them because it's a new person every couple of weeks. So the, the platform really does help that, that care coordination um, using these personalized, very simple maps. And, and that really is what uh, the, you know, the leading scientists loved about our, our approach. Now, given that, I, I have a question for you because one of the things I hear from families all the time, and I experienced it with, with my own uh, mother when she was in a nursing home, was there were certain staff that didn't seem to ever have a problem with my mom, and there were others that always did. 
and they didn't know, you know, they didn't know how to get her to not be aggravated at what they were asking her to do. Is there a place in these cards um, where staff can share maybe what they're saying or how they're doing something to assist somebody? Because sometimes it might be, um, you know, just a, a it might be something calming by, you know, talking to them about X, Y, or Z, or putting on the music that calms them down to get through the task, or um, reminding them of uh, a favorite story or someplace they're going to go into later on down the road. I mean, it could be a zillion different things, but is there a way for staff to be able to communicate the how they're applying this? Because I think that it's missed a lot. And to me, that can save an organization a ton, a ton, a ton of time. And I think it could increase uh, quality of services dramatically. Well, it's a terrific question and a terrific uh, insight, uh, Lori, uh, as well. You know, this, we often call this the handoff problem. You know, when you have a new caregiver coming in and in the hospital, when you have shifts of teams, you know, at various times, how does the new team, how does the new person get a quick overview of what has happened on the last shift or what may be an important thing to keep in mind? And that's what we said earlier, that these um, maps become truly living documents so that people add in that information of, uh, you know, I tried this with uh, Steve today and it actually seemed to work pretty well. Maybe you should try that next time he's agitated. And, see what happens. So you begin to accumulate knowledge and information about the individual and how the care of that individual can become more progressively more effective because you are you know having the experience of a lot of different people come together in one place. If you didn't have the opportunity to bring everybody together, at least you have the opportunity of seeing what people are leaving as important uh, information. Uh, for the individual, and you can review that each time uh, during your shift or or at various times uh, to see where the best kinds of treatments might reside and be able to use those. So you're absolutely right, and this provides a real opportunity for doing it in a fairly efficient way uh, to do it because you can go right to that individual. If you have a caregiver that you know has been successful, for example, go to that caregiver's bracket component and see what is that person doing that I'm not doing perhaps uh, and share the information that way. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think it would save a lot of time. It would be much more relationship based and it would build more of a team effort and allow, because again, I travel the country with training and what I hear from staff a lot of times is that they don't feel that they are asked to share their knowledge or there's not time to share their knowledge and most people in the industry i mean that's what they're there for you know they they want people to be um cared for well you know they don't like to hear one of their one of their residents or one of their clients had a bad day i mean that's upsetting to them when they don't but yet a lot of times they think they feel like their voice isn't heard and I personally think that we have to get back into kind of reaching in deep and asking staff for, for their immediate input in terms of, you know, 
problem solving this and ensuring those ideas. And it's a huge, uh, in my opinion, from what I hear and what I see, it's a huge problem in the industry. Um, you know, we're, we're short staffed um, and we need to be able to communicate that information quickly and easily and in a dignified fashion from staff to staff as well. Not don, you know, downplaying the way someone else is doing it, but really doing it in an uplifting fashion. And um, I, I think that that is uh, something that needs to be looked at in a big time. Now, Matt, I, I do want to ask, because I'm sure everyone's going, but what does it cost? What does it cost? So why don't you tell us how that setup is? Yeah, so we uh, right now we're offering Map Habit to, uh, to businesses uh, right now. So adult living companies uh, to various nonprofits, uh, to home health, home care companies, hospitals, et cetera. Um, and it, you know, it really does vary based on the size of the organization. Um, however, in, in, in its most rudimentary sense, when there's a small onboarding one-time uh, setup fee, uh, so we can get everyone trained up. Um, but then every caregiver, um, any staff of that, of that uh, organization is, is, is free to set up, and you only pay per individual with, with impairment. Um, so the price starts at $99 per individual per month, uh, but as soon as you get past three or four, we, we drop it down to, to $50 per person. Um, as there's more volume, we have flexibility to go even lower than that. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's actually surprisingly affordable if you think about an individual who uh, may have three or four caregivers and, and uh, three uh, other uh, family members that may use uh, the product in addition to that person, you really can get the, the, the cost per head down significantly. Um, and, and it really does help uh, you know, with all those areas that we talked about uh, for the coordination and uh, that, that uh, quality of life. So when, uh, when a company buys into this, do they use their own cell phones then on, you know, for setting this all up or is there any equipment that's needed or we can just use our smartphones? Yeah, use your smartphones or um, use a, a tablet that you already have. Uh, this can be downloaded from the, the Google store uh, and the iOS uh, store as well. Um, we help you uh, lock down the phone or tablet for an individual who may not uh, be uh, able to function with, with all the different uh, features uh, or you may not want them to be able to make phone calls um, or access other apps or they just want to use MapAbbot in a single app mode, which is called guided access. So um, we, we absolutely show people how to do all that uh, so that they can use their existing technology uh, so the, 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 the purchase is, uh, is really just uh, on a month-to-month -month basis. You can, you know, after you, know, you, you sign up with us, you really have the ability to cancel any time. Um, so it, we, we try to make the barriers to entry uh, very low. Um, so hopefully that, uh, that helps. So I have another question for you, because I, I, my mind's always thinking. So for a business, can they go in and brand like all of these cards? So if it's, you know... Um, artist senior living or you know I, there's a million of them out there but I could see them going well how do we how do we brand this if this is going to be our product is that something that's possible absolutely uh, we actually have uh, done a significant uh, effort on co-branding initiatives and uh, uh, yeah we, we you know we have one example here is our, our sign-up card we have not only our name but our, our customers name um, and we have these templates on, on basically uh, 
easy to use sign up processes, family nights uh, for uh, you know, different benefits that are um, in line with the imagery and, and the mission statements of their company. We have trifold brochures that we co-design with you. Um, so we have about five or six templates uh, that can be easily updated. Um, so it's unique to that organization. It keeps the spirit of uh, uh, and, and messaging that they want while still um, embracing all the benefits of Map Habit. So it's very organic for, for organizations. Wonderful. I, I can see that being um, very much appreciated from the from the business standpoint. Um, now, what about just the average Joe family out there that says, hey, we don't need those services. We're doing okay. But boy, this could really enhance our lives. Is there a way for them to get their hands on this? There will be. Absolutely. We, we are planning for that. Uh, we're starting with going business to business uh, to really get all the use cases and uh, really get a, a really solid end-to-end uh, -end framework uh, for uh, you know how this should be used uh, on a daily basis um, but really we're thinking around middle of the year is when we're going to open up uh, to business to consumer to on the retail side uh, so you know definitely look for it uh, if you aren't part of an organization uh, that uh, currently has map habit uh, around the june time frame this one will have it available for the general public and it's a great, uh, great point, uh, Lori, because as you were alluding to earlier, you know, we're all caught up in the whirlwind. Uh, and this is a framework that actually helps us get through that daily. You don't have to have impaired memory to be able to benefit from, from that habit. It, we believe, is really going to be useful across the board. And the interesting thing from what we know about how the brain works is the more you develop this habit of using it now, the better you will be sustainable for your cognitive function and other abilities later on because you will have developed these very strong habits sooner than later. And we know that's gonna be important uh, for individuals later on. So we will certainly be encouraging earlier use yeah i could i mean i could see this used for people wanting to create new habits so maybe it's exercise maybe it's diet all of those things um i i think there are just so many applications to what it is you're doing i think it's absolutely endless now another question i'm sure some are asking is Will insurance cover this at all, or is this all out of pocket? Yeah, for now it's it's private pay, so it would be out of pocket. Uh, we are in uh, discussions with uh, various public and private uh, organizations to have this covered as a benefit to policyholders. Uh, those are ongoing right now, so uh, we uh, we anticipate uh, being able to share a little bit later in the year on, on how that uh, how that's progressing. Uh, ultimately, we would love to be able to provide this for free uh, for for everyone because it will be extremely beneficial. Um, but unfortunately, for for right now, we you know we we need you know, the money coming in so that we can continue to support and develop all the great features that everyone's asking for. Uh, but we we ultimately believe because uh, we are evidence based. We have three research um, uh, studies under our way. There's many more coming. Uh, we believe uh, that uh, there will be a case for uh, for CMS and other Medicare Advantage uh, type plans uh, to have this reimbursable um, in the not too distant future. Uh, well, I would toss in, you know, it'd be great to not only approach, um, you know, just for, for Medicare and Medicaid and things like that, but even long-term insurance yes. companies, because this will keep them out 
of maybe a care facility and reduce costs as well. Or, you know, you've got a lot of states right now that are talking about, you know, how are we going to survive this aging population? This would be a great investment for them to do a study on um, to try to reduce costs. Because really, when you're looking at even $100 a month is nothing compared to what costs could run people. And, you know, we need to get creative. We got to think out of the box and somebody's got to step into the puddle and try and, yeah. um, and, and get this yeah. problem fixed because it's a, it's a big issue for people. And there's, like you said, there's so many different um, applications that this can be used. And if we can get people to be using this earlier than uh, cognition issues come into play, just like anything else, it makes it easier if and when that does happen. So this has just been a fascinating conversation and I would really encourage people to, to reach out to you guys and, um, and get more information on this. I, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. So what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Matt and, and Dr. Zola? I'd say uh, going, going to our website is the best option. You could see uh, all the providers that are currently uh, uh, have MAP habit uh, as a, as a benefits. You can read about how it benefits various stakeholders and get a, get in touch with us in our contact us form. So and that's maphabit.com. I know I was talking with um, Kyle Swanson and he said that they could email him directly. So that's just K Swanson with an S O N at maphabit.com, or you could call him directly to at six seven eight. 386-4300. And, um, you know, don't wait, spread the word on this. This sounds like a great, great opportunity to increase dignity and independence for really everybody and make just make life much simpler. So thank you guys very much for taking the time with us today. Thank you, Laura. It's uh, been really terrific. You've had such great insights uh, really into all this. And I know your background uh, has set you uh, for that, but it's terrific to talk with you because it's been very helpful. Please keep me informed when you guys launch to the public as well, uh, because I, I would love to be able to push that out for you. I Like I said, I, I'm really impressed with the work that you've done, and I, I get why the Eureka Project uh, nominated you guys as the winner, so thank you. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.